big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone, and today's podcast is all about mothering, but through the lens of the imprints we receive around society, from society, around what mothering should look like, our internalised dialogue around who we are as mothers, and I think our own imprints we receive around mothering from our families and from you know those that we watch and witness and I think we wanted to explore this topic because we're coming right off the back of Mother's Day here in Australia and other places around the world and Mother's Day often can stir many feelings and emotions in mothers from feeling a sense of I'm not really being acknowledged for what I do don't people see what it takes to be a mum or perhaps feeling a lot of grief or loss around not being a parent or around not receiving what they needed from their own mothers. I think there is a lot of feelings that are stirred up around this time. And of course, for Marion and I, so much of our work is is based around deep compassion for mothers, for parenting, um, for humans, for everybody really. But we see it so much in mothering of that inner dialogue that many uh, mothers have around not being good enough mum, around internalising their own sense of, you know, I can't live up to the expectation of what mothering is meant to look like or, or any of those themes that we have is something that we work with a lot. And I know for me personally, um, Mother's Day, <laughs> for a long time, what Mother's Day felt like for me was like this little internalised rage of what, just one day, one day is all I'm going to get that <laughs> you honour me. Because <laughs> I used to be like, don't you realise what I do and what I hold? Which again was very relevant to, I think, the, me not acknowledging what I was doing within myself. I was really looking still for that outer appreciation of what I was doing as a mum. So Mother's Day always used to fill me with this little bit of internal angst that I needed to process and work through, which I don't feel anymore. But it's it's an interesting thing because I just think about um, often mother motherhood is it, and it can be seen as a lot of servitude, like just giving to others and not giving to ourselves and not being seen and appreciated. And and I've talked about this before in our podcast too, Marion, of you know particularly when I worked in childbirth for a long time. I used to bring up a lot of anger for me around how we do not support pregnant women, birthing women and new mothers in the way that they need or should be supported and held at the most pivotal time in bringing these babies into the world and also birthing themselves as mothers. So it's something that I've sat in for a long time around how we don't support and hold mothers in the way that they need to, which is also a bigger picture of how we don't actually take care of humans, you know, on a, on a on a big global scale as well. So there's lots in this topic, but we thought it would be a good one to um, explore because it's something that we love to talk about and something that we see is, is probably pretty poignant for this time that we're in on the earth at the moment. Mm, and I tend to think, you know, I like to go to the culture and, and the history of this culture. Most people I imagine are living in uh, westernized countries, obviously, because it's in English, um, colonized countries. 
to really to really I think we often think we don't look at history we just kind of think the culture that we live in the time that we live in in the beliefs the, the mainstream beliefs that we live in are just how things are I really like to look back and see that you know we understand that this wasn't always the way this wasn't always the way mothers were perceived uh, and and held and that this really is still the vestiges of the domination paradigm the judeo-christian religion the patriarchy all those ways of really perceiving women and mothers and they're really it's only very short time ago that there was still really really harsh beliefs particularly about women and mothers and their role in um in humanity's um evolutionary process i think really having that bigger picture to understand we're still in this journey of really uh, free us, freeing ourselves from some of those really harsh ways of thinking about mothers and women, and that some of the those quite often I think that self relationship and the internal dialogue, as you say, in the on a really practical level as well, the way we respond to our needs as mothers and the way we um, you know we set our lives up are really still so much based on that longer term history our own lineage and exactly as you say what we learned from growing up from our own mothers from the women around us from the media that we see you know so often that has such a big impact and so we did an episode a long time ago on guilt but just seeing that all the, the guilt and the self-judgment and the ignoring of the needs and the lack of acknowledgement and the lack of support for pregnant women, birthing women, mothers, families, young children, that's really still so much part of this domination paradigm. And I, I really think uh, that we, uh, that we're being called to free ourselves from that paradigm and to increasingly stand up and say, no, actually mothering is one of the most powerful and potent things that we can do. It's highly valuable, important. One of the most important things we can do is literally shaping the psyches of the future humans. And it's really normal and natural within a domination culture that doesn't value mothering where women aren't supported, where mothers aren't supported, where we live in nuclear families or single parent families, it's going to be really, really hard. And, and you know, to strip away so much of that, um, those expectations about um, how should, whenever we bring a should in, we know that's part of the old paradigm. And I loved it as we were talking beforehand, you were talking about all the different shoulds that there could be from wh whichever way you sit. And I wondered if you might say a bit more. I thought that was amazing what you were saying. I just see it as... Um depending on where you sit and what you think is a good mother, I'll say good in inverted commas because we don't usually use that word, but what is a good mother? Are you a good mother if you cook all organic food for your child? Are you a good mum if you show them that, um, you know, you can have a career and following your passion and working is a great mum, one that does arts and crafts with their kids all the time, like society, or is your house clean or do you look good or can you fit into your jeans or oh, could go on and on of what we are told is what it, what the expectation of being a mother is and it's interesting isn't it if you, again like a big cultural history piece and and i think about you know i just see 
you know, from the 40s and 50s, a, a great mother was a, a housewife at home, keeping a clean house and waiting for her husband to come home and feeding them and, and keeping that whole stereotype. And then it changed, you know, in the 60s and 70s, everyone kind of went, ah, it doesn't feel so great anymore. And I want to do these other things. And then we moved into that next phase, maybe in the 80s and 90s, where women were working a lot more and we were trying to do it all. And I think there still is this whole, we can do it all. And, um, and where amongst all that, we're still living up to these expectations and ideals of what society says is right or is wrong and there is no right or wrong and we still see this all the time in in the media in all the you know what happens you know in our society of that that mum does this and this other mum does that and that's not okay and how dare she go out to work and leave her children at home and how can she you know do this and not follow her passion of her work and you know we just we've all got our ideas of what we think it is and I've always found it interesting to go okay well where do we form those beliefs and we, there is no space to even compare to anybody else because we all have our own beautiful unique journey and we all have choice of what resonates and feels yes to us and I love this about us Marion we have such different lives like whenever we start a podcast we have a little check-in like what where are you at what's been going on and I, they're so different because you know I, you know I live in the city with not that it's different about where we live in time but you know, we often have a lot more action happening in our home and a lot of stuff going on. And I feel like I'm always navigating, you know, just this child and that child and bigger things. And Marion has so much beautiful flow that she just talks about, oh, we're doing this and that. And there's no right or wrong. We just completely live in different lifestyles. And, um, and neither is right or wrong. It just is because of where we are. And yet, you know, I think we are it is very easy for us as women to take on board that there is something wrong sometimes with what we're doing. And, you know, we want to smash that as a, an idea because there is no right or wrong. There is only what resonates with you. And I think you're so right. Whenever we move into the should, we have to look at what is driving that. What am I making that mean? I should do this. And I think there's some big, beautiful inquiries in that for people to feel into. Mm. And you know, what I really love is knowing that should is what creates guilt. So it's mm. part of the domination paradigm. We either should ourselves into doing things or often doing something or not doing something. We, we, we might say, I should, I shouldn't have done that. And, and those are basically coercion and punishment. They're really part of a particular system, a particular paradigm that's been around for a couple of thousand years. They're not fundamentally about who we truly are as human beings. We don't actually intrinsically feel guilt. Guilt is the result of a, a particular cultural paradigm and a, a belief about human beings, which is that, you know, that we're inherently bad and and wrong and we need to be coerced and we need to be punished, which again, why this is so relevant to aware parenting, because just as we are aiming to bring up our children without coercion and without punishment, without that fundamental belief of badness and wrongness. And, um, uh, you know, it's really, again, been around for a couple of thousand years or more that we also get invited to shift those core beliefs in ourselves to see what would it be like if I were really gradually bit by bit, piece by piece to, to peel away those layers of ways of thinking about myself as a mother so that I don't I'm not doing that anymore so that actually we come to not only perceiving our children as as fundamentally loving beings 
that we get invited to do that for ourselves. And if we are fundamentally loving, there is no requirement or need for shoulding ourselves or punishing ourselves or feeling guilty or feeling shame and all the, all that stuff that happens. And of course, this isn't just something we go, Oh, okay. I'm just going to wake up tomorrow. And I'm never going to do any of that. This is thousands of years of cultural conditioning that we are undoing, but it is possible to undo that. And it, radically transforms our experiences as, as mothers and it also has a really big impact on the culture that we're co-creating the new culture the new paradigm i believe that's happening or being invited to happen and we give something very different to our children when we gradually free ourselves from the those old ways of thinking about ourselves as mothers because you know for our for our daughters if they're going to become mothers, they, they're internalizing what they see. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts too, about what it means to be a mother and how we respond to ourselves and treat ourselves. And for our sons, they're seeing that, well, you know, whatever, whatever the gender thing is going on, that our children are actually internalizing what they experience from us. So this isn't to, to then pick up more sticks and hit yourself and judge yourself more or feel more, you know, oh gosh, I need to be more you know, do more stuff to myself. It's realizing that the sticks are not real in the first place. Not that they're not real, but they're not actually, they're not an inherent part of who we are. So whenever you're judging yourself or you're feeling guilty or you're shaming yourself, or you're thinking you should do this or you shouldn't do that as a mother, those are all um, part of the old paradigm. And I really think that as mothers, we have so much power and we're born into a culture which tries to, deceive us into thinking that we are not powerful but we are incredibly powerful and as you talk about you know pregnancy and birth and and parenting whether you've adopted or fostered or whatever but it's it's incredibly incredibly powerful we have so much power and i think um my excitement is seeing the invitation for us as mothers to really reclaim that and which, which means increasingly seeing all these shoulds, you know, about having the perfect Instagram house all the time or, you know, whatever it is, you know, being the exact shape or weight or whatever the thing is. It's like, what do you really want? What do you really want? How do you want to live your life? What do you want your children to believe about themselves? And actually that's the invitation. What kind of world do we want to create, co-create for our children? Mm. Powerful. We're so powerful. <laughs> Love that. I love that statement. What what do you want to create? What, what do you want to co-create? What do you want this to look like? Because I think that is it's a really powerful question to ask because we get a lot of conditions through society, through um, our education system, through this right or wrong. And particularly even in this time, I'm, I'm doing a lot of sessions with parents who are having to do home learning at the moment and, the parents are feeling coerced by the, you know, the teachers saying you've got to do these worksheets and then they're trying to coerce their kids to do the worksheets and nobody's happy here. Nobody's feeling good. And, and many parents I've spoken to said, well, what would it look like if you didn't do that? And they're like, I can't, I'll get in trouble. And I'm like, you are your child's parents and we're living in this time where it's really big. And what's important here? You know, if we would strip this back, what's important for you? They're like, my child feels calm and happy and I'm going, okay, so calm nervous systems at the moment are the priority. So how do we do that? And that means it's okay if they don't do that worksheet. It's okay because I think we have to come back to what do I want to create here? What do I want this to look like? And I think they are really powerful questions, which one are ones that have 
have constantly been in my head as a mum. My beautiful son turns 20 in a few days, which feels pretty epic having a 20-year-old son. And I look back and think that question of what do I want here in regards to my child? So what is my child feeling in this moment? What am I teaching them in this moment? What, what is this imprint that's happening in this moment by how I'm responding, not only to just day-to-day stuff, but to other outside influences is really, really important. Is that the message I want to give my kids? Is that the message I want to um, pass on to them? And, and sometimes that's really hard to unlock and unpack all those influences that we've had. But I think that is part of, I guess, moving into being a conscious parent on some level is to ask yourself those questions and then say, well, does this serve me? Does this serve my kids? Is this how I want to live, you know, the life that we're living? And I think they're really good questions. And they're ones that we sometimes have to grapple with because they are deeply ingrained with us. You know, and I many times, you know, when stuff's gone on with my kids and I'm like, oh, how do I handle this or where should I go? And, and I have come back to going, what, what's important for me here? And I always come back to, you know, he said this all the time, is connection. And uh, are we connected here? And can I help them be the full expression of themselves? And if the answer is no, we're not connected and no, I'm not doing that, then I need to really sit back and go, all right, what's happening here? And how can I reframe that? And um, it's big work though, because like we talk about with aware parenting, this kind of first generation of aware parenting, we're having to undo a lot of what was done to us. And we're also trying to create these new paradigms that we have no body sense awareness of. So that's why it can feel tricky at times to do it. But they're powerful questions to ask. And I think this is where we are going to create change on the, in the world and how we're going to raise children that are going to have this amazing emotional intelligence and, and will not be frightened to say, actually, no, this doesn't serve me. And this is what, what resonates for me, which excites me greatly, which I have three children who do that very well at the moment. <laughs> and I often go, damn, <laughs> just, <laughs> I have just created such a great space for you to really speak whatever you need. <laughs> so good i'm laughing because you know it's um sometimes it's hard to be on the other side of me as a mom. i'm like oh man you guys are just so clear that's brilliant anyway you have to laugh sometimes mm, so much so Do you know i often think i, I you know i talk about that the vesica piscis i don't know even if that's how you pronounce it but it's like the two circles and where they intersect and i often think that we're like in the middle there the, the, where anyone who's aiming to parent in a new way, in particular in aware parenting. And the two circles are the old paradigm of human beings and the other circle that crosses it the, on the forward side <laughs> is the future paradigm that is being co-created. So our children can tend to sit more in that, in that new paradigm, our own parents and grandparents will sit in the in the other circle and we sit in the middle which i think can so often be really a tricky place to be because we might be aiming so for example in aware parenting we're aiming to be mothering with connection with honoring their needs for choice and autonomy aiming not to coerce coerce punish all of those things listening to feelings such fundamentally different ways of perceiving and responding to children and young humans 
and yeah we we were brought up in most of us in the in the old paradigm and so we will often still be doing the things to ourselves that we're aiming to not do to our children so i think that again that's why it's so of course it's so tricky it is kind of like the birthing process and our children will often be finding easy to do things that we may still be trying to catch up with them almost we've provided this environment so they can say no and be unwilling to be coerced and be unwilling to be shamed or punished and often i think they they call us to to um to become more like them and to be to to move into that new paradigm which is you know for us as mothers i think again it's why it's inevitably going to be hard this is this is a two majorly different paradigms of human beings and being in the crux in the middle there is inherently going to be at times really challenging at times we might have similar to what you said now sometimes i think oh wouldn't it be amazing if they just just always said yeah if they were compliant i don't want my children to be compliant but sometimes it would be wonderful and actually for me on mother's day uh, yesterday here in australia as you said what we've been doing for years is that they give me present time so in a way printing non-directive child-centered plays where we give our children a chunk of time where in that time we offer the two core pieces of connection and choice so i think of those as love and will and it's such a powerful one of the most powerful tools really in aware parenting and what i love to see is whenever they do that for me i get the whole day of getting they'll do anything you know I haven't seen how far the edge goes, but I'll ask for what I want. And they just say yes to everything. They let me choose what outfits they wear and all, all of the things. And it really helps me see how, how powerful that is. And yet so often we are, as mothers, aiming to give these things that we weren't given and that we're still kind of catching up with, you know, our, um, our psyche's kind of being pulled into these new ways of being that are kind of unfamiliar to us whereas for our children that's just how things are they're used to um, not being punished not being coerced not being shamed not being told there's something wrong with them all of that stuff so it's um powerful isn't it process mm. to be in that middle of those two paradigms mm. oh totally yes it is and that's i think that's why the internal battle can be strong in in parents or mothers who are doing this because we exactly as you say we see what we want but our conditioning or imprinting is something different and, you know, that that's where there can be a bit of a rub in how we do it and why it feels tricky sometimes for sure. Totally. Even when we swear I'm not going to do that and then we just do it and then go, oh, yep, that was uh, some good imprinting there. I'm wondering, Marion, because you talk so beautifully about guilt because I know that that's one of the biggest things that surfaces for for mothers a lot and I know we've done a podcast on guilt but I'd love you to just speak a little bit more about you know just the wonderful process you have around when we do feel guilt as a mum when we think it should look like this or I didn't do the right thing or I haven't done enough or if only I had have done this when my kids were younger or whatever it is we've we've all got stories we tell ourselves do you want to just talk a little bit around how people could take that and and to shift that or to just give it some holding because it's so powerful. And I, I really love how you, the way you view it and, and how you talk about it, because it's such a big thing that we carry. And I think we need to hear it often again and again and again around how we can shift that story. Mm, thank you so much. I'm reminded I was watching a 
podcast with Russell Brand and um, Elizabeth Gilbert the other day. Did you see that when she went, when he started to ask her about the creative process? And she was like, this is my favorite thing to talk about. And I have a very similar feeling to when you <laughs> asked me that. Really? You want me to talk more about guilt? Thank you so much. I feel that way when people want to talk about trauma. I go, yeah, okay. Because I quite love talking about trauma. It makes us sound really whack, doesn't it? But it makes a lot of sense. And I think as you transform it yourself, you really exactly. do understand it and it really becomes something that is so empowering. It becomes, you want to turn it into something empowering. So I love that you love guilt. I equally quite love trauma because it, I feel the, the power in, in its transformation. In the transformation of it, yes. And I think actually, not I think, I know for me, it comes from my own experience and really observing my mum my lovely mum who's 88 and I see how she's, she was so, uh, she, you know, that cultural conditioning, particularly around guilt and shame. It was so strong in her and growing up with her, she always had that guilt stick all the time. And I internalized it very, very faithfully. And that's, I think what I was speaking to before. She's, she's so giving my mum and she's just, you know, she'd give anyone a <laughs> last $20. She would, she's so generous. And yet I didn't, so much um how she treated me was not so much what i picked up about a woman being a woman and a mother what i picked up was how she was with herself i internalized that and i was i had more uh, guilt sticks than pretty much anyone i knew i was that my internal dialogue was so harsh i was continually coercing myself and judging myself and because I really worked hard with it because it was so painful and i think sometimes that's what happens when it's so excruciating those are the times when we get called to do something different. It wasn't just mediocre that I could kind of get, get away with doing. It was excruciating. So I really put everything into getting myself free from it. And I don't feel guilty anymore. I don't feel guilty. I can't remember the last time I feel guilty. And my, my life is so much more wonderful and enjoyable. And I don't sit all day on the couch eating chocolate, although I do sometimes because I have my particular favorite loco love chocolate that I enjoy. But uh, I have so much more joy. I have much more presence to give my children. Uh, my life is so much freer. So that I think is why I'm so passionate about supporting mothers to see this is not a necessary thing i think often people go well, guilt it's just part of mothering guilt is not just can i stand at the top of the mountain and say guilt is not just a part of mothering it's not fundamental about mothering it's the result of a very unenjoyable cultural conditioning thing that has been going on for a long time which really comes off the back of what we were saying before about about really judgmental views about women and mothers that have, that have been around for a couple of thousand years or more so you asked me specifically the way I tend to think of it as I said before is there are two ways that we tend to use guilt in our culture number one is we use guilt as a as a way of making ourselves do things so I should I should be like this I should go and do that I should be this I should do that and the second way we use it is a, is an after point so when we reflect back on something and we haven't done what we might have liked to have done. Or perhaps we found out about where parenting and our children are now older. Or we've shouted at our kids or whatever the thing is. And we then pick up the guilt stick and say, I shouldn't have done that. Or I should have done something differently. So those are two different forms of guilt. The first one is a guilt to, co to make us, to coerce ourselves into doing something. 
And the second form is a form of punishment to say, basically, I'm a terrible bad person because of what I did. So neither of those are very enjoyable. Those are, those are in, entirely cultural. We can respond to ourselves in different ways. So the way I like to see it is instead of coercing ourselves to take action, we can increasingly become aware of that, that dialogue and how we do coerce ourselves. We can start to notice when we're saying, I should and, and sink deeper into actually what do we really want? Do we really want to do that? Is that in line with our values? Are we having that should, which is entirely because someone else in the culture thinks it's a should, or is there a deeper value in that that's actually important to us? So we start to, to pull off that, that should uh, coercion into um, the willingness work in the way I see it, which is, what do I feel called to do? What are my values? What do I want to do here? What, um, what feels like you were saying at the beginning, so beautiful and I think so core as mothers, like what really resonates for me here? What feels the most um, resonant thing, whether that's in mothering or in work or whatever it is, what, what connecting in and going back to deeply trusting that our bodies and our intuition and our deep feminine knowing, we, we know, we know so much. So rather than going from more of a thinky, shouldy place, we start increasingly more and more coming back to moving from that internal place where we often lost, lost track with because we, we grew up in this domination culture where we were coerced, so we learned to coerce ourselves. So we start to act from from willingness rather than uh, rather than coercion. So I see you want to say something. <laughs> I just because when you're talking about that before you go on to the next bit, I just yes. as you're talking, I just have such a strong sense, and I see this in a lot of the mums I work with. When we ask the question from that place within us, that is where we often feel powerful. It is where we feel empowered. It's where we feel like, oh. I am solid in who I am in my mothering because we are coming from that place of honouring yes. not from being told exactly what you're saying, but it's such a different sensation in our bodies because, and I see it, I just am excited as you saying it because I get feedback all the time when we talk to women about this work or parents and then when they come back and say, wow, I really checked in with myself and I knew it was a no or yes, I did it because, and they feel so excited and so much more anchored in their bodies and their being at home in themselves because they've tapped into that power. And that is what it is about, right? That's powerful. Anyway, sorry, yes. carry on. No, please so like loving it. I love it to be a conversation because to me as well, when we connect with that power, for me, that's in my psycho-spiritual paradigm is our will, is our willingness. See, the domination paradigm has used power over and then we internalize that power over and we guilt ourselves into doing something. And that means we feel powerless. That's all the things that you're talking about, the, the mother's doing the thing like, you know, I have to do this thing. Well, anytime we're also saying, I have to, I should, I've got to, all of that stuff, that is part of our cultural conditioning. And that the domination culture hasn't wanted mothers to actually realize how deeply powerful they are, how powerful we are in our bodies when we reclaim that deep inner knowing of when it's a yes and when it's a no and our intuitive sense as well of, you know, other things that are happening that we may not even know on an intellectual level, but we just know, actually, I'm really called to do this now or, or actually, no, I'm not. And coming into that tr uh, true power, exactly as you say, and that is that is the paradigm shift, isn't it? Away from mothers who are constantly shooting ourselves. Imagine if just we could we could wave a magic wand right at this minute, 
and all women suddenly shifted, all mothers shifted from the guilt, coercion, self-coercion to that deep uh, will knowing. Is it a yes? Is it a no? I act from my own power in a, in a deeply loving and connected way, but not in a self-coercive way. We would live on an entirely different planet wouldn't we it's we, we and this this power is within us all it's it's there nascent even if we you know for me if i look back 20 years ago i was coercing myself all over the place and we, we can absolutely change that mm. so yes. power reclaiming so our power reconnecting with our power as mothers we are so powerful i want to talk about the second part but i'd love to because right. this is so no much no no that's that's all i had to say in that because as you're talking i just was like <sighs> I just feel that I know that I, I see that back in the beautiful women we work with and knowing in my own journey it's just it's so powerful we don't doubt ourselves then when we have that we actually we we know there is such a sense of knowing and so then we don't move into the I don't know maybe I should you know that kind of stuff it, it really becomes a an, an inner knowing which is powerful and such a powerful guy all right, go to the second mm, part of the I love guilt. That. Actually, I want to say a little bit more as well. If we think about then increasingly as mothers reclaiming that deep power and how important that is during pregnancy, uh, well, actually conceiving during pregnancy, during birth, <coughs> I'm even coughing now, in mothering, because the more mothers are in power, the less we are part of that domination system where we're spending our whole time feeling guilty about every effing thing we actually can use that power to create change in the world you know if if we weren't if mothers as mothers we weren't also filled up with the hitting ourselves with the guilt sticks what will we be doing with all that power and energy to actually be co-creating a new paradigm which is so you know it's the, the mama earth <laughs> the great mother is calling us to that i really believe she is to mm. say remember who you are beautiful mother you are are so powerful it's all within you it's all within you Mm. so the second part is after we've done something or we haven't done something and again the domination paradigm which has been based on this idea that we're intrinsically bad and evil and wrong and if we've done something that isn't in alignment with with what's the most helpful thing the only way to change is by punishment so as a child in the old paradigm that was punishment we internalize that punishment and it seems a little bit nicer it's just a guilt stick i shouldn't have done that i should have done it i'm a terrible mother do you remember what it feels like to feel that guilt (laughs) i do i totally and you know what was interesting is i would feel that um in those first few years of parenting, you know, when I was a young mom and I didn't really know any different and I would just feel that constantly. And, and, and I look back and think it really eroded my self-confidence in who I was as a person. So not just in mothering, but just all of a sudden I started to feel doubtful about myself and started to feel anxious in certain things where I'd never felt that before. And then when I discovered we're parenting, then a whole new layer of guilt (laughs) came up around, oh my God, I didn't do this for my first two kids and what damage have I done? Like they were all the stories that I kept playing through my head of, wow, I've maybe I've stuffed them up now because I hadn't listened to their feelings. I mean, I was still a pretty beautiful, connected mum, right? But there was different qualities that we bring. And um, I, I hadn't, you know, so all of that came up as that it felt terrible. It feels, guilt feels horrible. It does not feel good at all in our bodies. And again, I, I think it is such, like what we say, a lot of, of 
in where parenting, when we're looking behind behavior, when we're seeing something pop up to always question what's happening here with our kids, but then with ourselves. So as soon as we start to feel that guilt to actually stop for a minute and go, Oh, what's happening here? What's happening for me in this moment that that's what I'm feeling or that's the story I'm running in my head. So I think we often it, it comes back to just being very curious around what we're doing. I mean, I always say be curious around your kids, right? What are they telling me? What are they showing me? What are, what are we looking at here if we had to look a little bit further or deeper? And it's the same with us in our own inquiry. So when I'm feeling that yuck feeling in the body, what is happening for me here? So give us the next steps, Marion. Mm. So for me, the yuck feeling in the body from guilt is that inherently the guilt stick feels painful. I call it emotional bruises. You pick up a guilt stick and hit, we hit ourselves with it. We are going to feel that yuckiness because it's like punishing a child. The child feels the emotional pain as a result of the punishment. That's inherently going to happen. And the thing about guilt sticks is we, some, we, we also get duped into believing that guilt will make us change. We just punish ourselves enough. We will be different next time. Just like the punishment paradigm with kids was you punish them enough. They will, you know, stop doing that thing. But what I realized in my own journey is that I kept hitting myself, those guilt sticks all the time. And I still would end up feeling the, the, the thing would still bubble up because I hadn't addressed what was really going on, which is exactly what you're saying. I hadn't addressed the reasons, the core reasons why, which again, this is so um, parallel with aware parenting. I remember for me, I had done aware parenting from when my daughter was a baby, but I was constantly learning. So there were so many things I didn't know. I can't possibly know it all right from the beginning. And I remember when she had repression mechanisms and I'd be picking up the sticks and you know I'm a terrible mother and I've done it all wrong because I she has some repression mechanisms and when I was hitting myself those sticks I felt that terrible guilt and I was so consumed with it is what it took me a while to realize is I couldn't be present with her I was even less helpful (laughs) to her guilt doesn't help it's just like we can hit ourselves with a guilt stick for a million years and it doesn't generally actually doesn't create any change. So what does create change is just as when we, exactly as you're saying, if we look at our child's behavior and they do something that perhaps we wouldn't want them to do, what's really going on, what's causing that behavior. So instead of punishing them or shaming them, we, we compassionately look at what was going on and we can do exactly the same for ourselves. So we can put the gradually learn over time to put the guilt stick down and we can absolutely do that. I'm not going to guilt myself and we can actually learn to change the inner dialogue so that we become deeply compassionate with ourselves. So for me, that's through the inner loving mother work. Sweetheart. So it might be something like, sweetheart, you're, you know, you, you, you did X, Y, and Z. Wow, I really hear how painful that is for you, that you, you're really upset that you just did that. You really don't want to do that to your child. That really doesn't fit with your values. You deeply care for their needs for safety and for compassion. So we can compassionately look at what need didn't get met when we hit ourselves with that stick, what, 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 what need didn't get met, but what need were we trying to get met through that behavior? What was really going on? What was the cause of the behavior? So it's often similar to in aware parenting, those three things that we often talk about. What are we thinking? What are we needing? What are we feeling? And when we compassionately listening, listen into what, what was happening for me before I did that thing or didn't do that thing? Was it something I was telling myself? Did I not have the information then? 
was it an unmet need so often is as mothers because we live in a culture where mothers needs are not valued you know are we exhausted have we not had enough empathy we had no empathy <laughs> we had you know, all the unmet needs or was it some painful feelings from from our past showing up that are, that are creating that behavior so when we listen compassionately we actually go to the root cause which i love you talk so often about in aware parenting and when we compassionately listen to the reason why we did that thing and repair at that level so appropriately or aptly if it's what we're thinking change change the way we're talking to ourselves if we're lacking information we can go and read one of Aletha's books or come and do what Leo's courses um, or if it's unmet needs what can we do to start honoring our needs more and if it's painful feelings from our childhood well how can we listen are we willing to listen to those are we willing to share those with an empathy buddy or a counselor or a psychotherapist or, or a parenting instructor and when we meet the true cause of the behavior with compassion we can then create true change so it's exactly the same as aware parenting behaviorism didn't work because you're punishing the behavior and, and looking at that um, surface behavior and as you always say Lau, it's looking behind the behavior it's exactly the same with ourselves instead of hitting ourselves with the guilt sticks the old paradigm of punishment that we're bad and wrong for doing that we're learning to actually to to shift our own conditioning that we received as children and to actually compassionately go Oh, wow I'm actually I was really exhausted and really tired I actually feel tearful <laughs> I was really tired and that's why I acted in that way and wow hitting myself with a stick isn't going to help but being compassionate going sharing with a friend having a cry is going to mean I'm less less and less likely to do those kinds of things so the more compassionate with ourselves we are the more likely we're going to be able to be the mothers that we want to be the more we love ourselves the more we receive love the more loving we are who on earth thought that old paradigm worked that if if you're doing something unenjoyable harsh things will make you more loving i mean it doesn't make any sense does it more love makes us more loving <laughs> that's the answer so the first piece is will uh, from coercion to willingness the second piece is from from a guilt to love that's the mm. that's the answer and really practical ways <laughs> mm, i love that so much and as you're talking i'm thinking about that process that i really had to do when i i looked back on all those years where i i wasn't as i guess as present or as conscious or as listening as what i wish i had have been and i remember feeling a lot of grief i first turned up as guilt and i actually remember having a conversation with you about it marion i think and and we were talking about what was really sitting there was there was a lot of grief that um, I was just in not a great place. I, and my grief was around the fact that nobody was really checking in with me. Are you okay? Like that society wasn't holding me in the way I needed that, um, you know, my, my husband, even though he was doing an amazing job, like wasn't really going, well, are you okay? What's going on here? Like I just felt like I was so isolated and just alone in my story because my, my other story was you just get on with it and do it because that was the imprint of my mother who's beautiful and amazing, but that's what I thought you do. Right. And you just get on with it. But I was deeply unhappy. And there was a lot of grief that came up for me around, around that time, around not being seen in what my needs were, not honouring myself, like really abandoning myself as well because I just had to get on with it and I didn't know that I could put my hand up and go, I am not doing okay here and, and I don't know how to do this. I really need some support and help. I really need a mentor. I really need another mum who's walked this path before me, who's 
gentle and kind and loving and I can just lean into and you know all those things that I deeply needed um I I realized I didn't have and that brought up a lot of grief and then and then you know of course through that beautiful compassion of just listening to that grief and owning it and giving it so much love and and empathy it started to transform and and allows me now in this day and age to look back on that time and think I actually wouldn't change any of it because it taught me so much. It, I really trust, and we always talk about this, I trust that my kids turned up at the time they did. My son 20 years ago went, yeah, sure, I'll come along to you, mum. <laughs> but here's me as a 25-year-old mum. I had no idea. My husband and I laugh all the time and think, wow, I'm not quite sure how we kept our son alive in those first years just out of pure ignorance because we were so young and so naive and um but you know we just we got on with it uh and i just i think magnificent he is now well he is magnificent and i just i really trust that that was the perfect journey for him for us this i sure as would not be doing the work i do today without having that experience for myself so I, i feel completely grateful for there's not one part of guilt around that for me now. And, and I also think there is only so much compassion and empathy for myself. And then for other mums, when I see them in that place, I go, oh, I see you and I hear you. And, and I think this is what I would have needed to hear at that time. And I wonder if that helps you or what can I do to hold a space for you to feel how you're, you know, to process how you're feeling. So I think it's really, um, it's profound, isn't it? And I love that you sharing your story about the guilt you carried you know, just through your life of what you internalized and then, and, and me perhaps sharing about that guilt I felt, you know, when I look back at what I didn't do or what I wished it had have been, you know, in those moments that I think we, it can turn up in both places so easily for us. And, um, I would just love to offer that there is absolutely beautiful ways to transform that which you explained so beautifully, Marion. I know you have a course on this. Don't you have a course that people can do on this? Oh, I do. Yeah, what's your course <laughs> called? Around, what's I have the a course called Get Free from Guilt. Yes. I love being a mother course where I talk about this as well. Yes. Oh, I highly recommend. <laughs> yes. All right, we're going to put links to that in our show notes. But to do it because they're they're powerful, powerful ways to investigate and to explore where this sits within us and when we master this it is so freeing it is so freeing and mothering becomes a joy which is what it should be you know and and i think that's for, for so long and i remember feeling like this i felt like mothering was you know i do it and i love my kids but it was a burden and it felt so heavy for me to carry and i felt like it was relentless and it was never going to end and it was never going to change and so many of those thoughts were caught up in my belief systems in the guilt in not asking for what i needed and complete disconnection from my own power really i mean that's it as we're talking about here the power <laughs> so moving all that and transforming all that allowed motherhood mothering to become joyous and with a flow and there's times that are still tricky like you know there are times that it's still tricky <laughs> and, um, still working through things lots of things because we're human but the ease within it is just it's it's you can't compare it you know and i think that that's where such joy can come and flow can come and of course the reflection of that is that that your children then become that and your children see that and that becomes their imprint and then you know they are then this deep sense of knowing of being free of who they are enabled to be that didn't come out that right but you know what i mean i know what you mean (laughs) 
I'd love to say two things in response to what you said. Joy and flow. So to me, those are the qualities of love and well. Joy, love. So we move from the, the self-judgment to the joy and from the coercion to the flow. Uh, the other thing I want to say is I love what you said about the, the difference between guilt and grief or mourning. And to me, again, it's the parallel with aware parenting. Instead of punishing our children when they perhaps when they do things that we don't want them to do or they that yes instead of punishing them when we listen to their feelings when we support them in their beautiful natural crying their grief and their loss they can naturally return to loving connected compassionate willing beings and it's exactly the same for us when we gradually put those guilt sticks down which are the internalized punishment and we do our mourning and our grieving and our crying with loving support, we do increasingly, um, we are increasingly able to respond from our true compassionate, loving nature, not because we're shooting ourselves into responding in those ways with our children, but just because we feel that more and more of the time because we are being compassionate with ourselves and our feelings and getting to cry and grieve and mourn, which is entirely different to the judgment and the self-punishment of guilt which again, I think is what we're being invited to do as women, to really see that feelings and grieving and mourning are such beautiful, powerful, important feelings for us to have as women, as well as the rage and the frustration and all of that, which we've talked about in others, but that mm. helps us come back to our true nature as love. Mm, beautiful. I'm wondering, as we finish off here, what you would like to offer, Mary, what would be your... Just a little offering for mums or parents to feel into. You know, I often ask, and I've asked this in some of these courses that we'll share about, but I often ask mothers, if you were to imagine being completely free from guilt from now on, what are you scared might happen? Because so often we, we got the, the conditioning that if we, if we didn't judge ourselves or coerce ourselves, we would be wild and, and um, harsh beings so often that's the work even before doing the getting free from guilt is like what what's what's the beliefs around actually being a, a mother who actually doesn't feel guilty and that that's the first place to start i often think oh that's such a good question <laughs> thank you such a good question i love that i use that a lot actually because it really does help us see how we're often just trying to protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. And so that's such a good question to apply to many things. I love that. Uh, and I would, well, a bit similar. I would love to, from that theme as well, what would it feel like to feel that sense of empowerment in your body from your core of you having a knowing, whether you're saying yes or no, or what's guiding you, what might that feel like? Do you know that feeling or have you never even thought about that feeling? Could you imagine what that feeling would feel like? And what would it be like to tune into that to be your guide as a, as a mother? Mm. Good Yum. stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm going to put some links to, um, to Marion's courses in the show notes because there's some really good, I really recommend going and checking <laughs> out this stuff. It's a big game changer in, in parenting when we get these pieces. So I highly recommend going and having a look. And thank you everybody for being here again and, and listening and sharing our words. And we really value all your beautiful feedback and, and sharing. It really makes it um, a joy to do this. Yes. Mm.
Mm, thank so you. Thanks for, oh. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I was just say thanks for being here. Mm. Thank you, Lael. And thank you so much for to everyone who's listening. We so appreciate you and celebrate you and send you so much love. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.